Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. I am looking forward to this time together with you. I always look forward to it. And when the time happens, I think, ah, uh, here we go. It's going to be a wonderful day and a wonderful show. Dr. Mitch Glazer is going to be joining me in just a minute. And then after I have uh, my time with him, we'll be joined by Carrie Headington. And then in hour two, we're going to continue our series on prayer with Dr. Craig Keener. That's going to be a wonderful show. And just to get things started, I want to introduce our special, my special guest. Uh, he's the president of Chosen People Ministry, and he is. Um, this mission was founded in New York in 1894 to really share the knowledge of Jesus with uh, the Messiah, with the chosen people today. And he is uh, Dr. Mitch Glazer. Mitch, welcome. Thank you, Bill. Shalom. Shal- Happy Hanukkah. Shalom. Wonderful to be with you. Now, you beat me to the punch. I was going to say that before you. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the tip of my, my mouth, on my tongue every, all, at all times. So. I know. Well, happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah concludes on Friday. Is that correct? Uh, it does. That's the eighth day. Nice. Yep. And how is it uh, for so, you? Well, I could use more presents. Uh, <laughs> and, and is that a so, hint? Well, you know... I, I'll leave that in, in the bowl in your court, though. All right. But, All right. You know, yeah. nothing too expensive, though. Okay. No, I'm I'm a practical gift giver. So not, <laughs> nothing too extra- extravagant, but uh, maybe a cashmere sweater. That's what I'm thinking for you. Yeah, well, I, you know, that's acceptable. Yeah, so. yeah. Good. <laughs> I'll buy it when they go on sale in April. Just <laughs> oh, cheering the sheep. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> exactly. So let's uh, talk about 2020 and uh, some of the efforts that chosen people have been able to uh, to get done this year. Well, I mean, like everybody else, you know, it's been a very uh, terrible time, and I want to extend my sympathy to anybody listening who has gone through a tough time, lost a job, a business, or lost a loved one. And uh, I find that whenever I have this conversation. Um, I'm, uh, people need to know that uh, we we really uh, do care. Those of us in the ministry, uh, especially, we we are ministering to a lot of people that are going through tough times, and and we found the Lord to be faithful and good and gracious, just like He always is in and out of pandemics. Mm-hmm. And uh, and of course, we have a little few sparkles of hope on the horizon, and that's wonderful. But as believers in Yeshua. We have the greatest hope there is, knowing that one day the kingdoms of this world would come, the kingdoms of our God. We look forward to that. Yeah, for sure. So so with that as a quick introduction, though, I would say that because Chosen People Ministries, though we're old, we're young at heart, and uh, we have been building our digital portfolio of evangelistic and discipleship ministries among the Jewish people over the last five or six years, maybe longer. And because of this, we were ready to go. So oh, that awesome. it's almost like it's almost like the pandemic was 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 made for us. 
in terms of evangelistic services and so on. So, of course, we've had all our Messianic congregations, they've had their services online and tried to do it in person and have a small percentage of people. And so we've continued having these things online, meeting meeting personally where we can, face-to-face, mask-to-mask, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, we, and we've, we've done our best. But, for example, we, we just passed through, you know, earlier in the fall, the Jewish high holiday services. We had 20,000 people on our three high holiday services. We, we've never had 20,000 wow. people on our high holiday services. We have a lot of Jewish non-believers. We've been running uh, Isaiah 53 Facebook campaigns mm-hmm. and also a Hanukkah campaign. And just over the last maybe three weeks, we've engaged with about 700 Jewish people who say they believe in Jesus. And then about another hundred who say they're Jewish but don't believe in Jesus. And then we've had online follow-up Bible studies and personal meetings. And uh, the other night we had a Hanukkah celebration for families, and we had uh, over 1,000 uh, homes, maybe actually 3,000 homes uh, that, that came in through our regular, you know, the, the event site and also Facebook Live. And so all I can say is that we've seen people come to faith. We've seen the gospel go out in power. We know that God can't be locked down. Mm-hmm. And and for us, it's been, you know, it's terrible to say, really, because, you know, each day I'm finding more and more people having uh, COVID as the second wave gets, the third wave gets more and more intense. But, you know, we're we are having a very fruitful season of ministry, Bill. Mm-hmm. This is going to make you mad, Mitch, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, you're not going to want me saying this, but I do want to let my listeners know uh, Mitch Glazer's book on Isaiah 53 Explained is awesome. So you can go get Isaiah 53 Explained by Mitch Glazer. It will give you a very uh, um, satisfying understanding, and uh, you will love this book, Isaiah 53 Explained. Did that yeah, embarrass you? Like- Did that embarrass you? No, not 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 yet. But keep going. But the, <laughs> so, if they go to Isaiah fifty three dot com or the chosenpeople dot com website, but it's probably Isaiah fifty three dot com is better. And actually, we'll send them a free copy of the book. They just have to promise to share it with a Jewish friend. That's, that's all. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about some of the tips for evangelism online, zooming uh, with your with your Jewish friends especially during this time when it's uh, when we're not getting together face to face. Yeah, it's 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 actually wonderful. For example, uh you can arrange a Zoom meeting with your Jewish friend and when they get on there you just tell them, "You know what? I wanted to wish you a happy Hanukkah and I wanted to do it face to face." And uh I wish I could give you uh, a Hanukkah present and uh, give it to you but you know, maybe maybe I'll send you something. And uh, and you can ask a question, for example, uh, to the Jewish friend. What is your favorite part of the Hanukkah holiday? And uh, and they'll tell you probably they'll start with food and then <laughs> uh, then then they'll go from there. But you can treat a Zoom call just like a personal meeting. And that's one of the big lessons we started about two and a half, three years ago, having a men's messianic professional Jewish Bible study every Tuesday night. And it started in person. Then people wanted to jump in by phone. Then we decided to go with 
Zoom, and now it's all over the country, and lots of people. We had to hold down the number of people to come. And, you know, after about five minutes, and I'm sure a lot of you out there have experienced this, after about five minutes, you forget you're on Zoom. And and so it's a great, or whatever you're using. So it's a great tool to be able to have a one-on-one conversation. One of the things we've been fond of uh, with our kids, because our kids won't come see us. I, don't, I mean, I'm so upset with them that, that because they think we're older than them. I don't know where they get that impression. But, I don't either. So they're protecting us, so they're not coming to see us. So we've been having, I have breakfast every Saturday morning with one daughter. We like Hanukkah candles together with them. We like Shabbat candles with them. And so you can you can have all of these social opportunities uh, on Zoom. And so I always think the best way to reach your Jewish friend for Yeshua is to begin, is to use that social bridge, is to, is to build and cultivate a friendship. Hey, listen, a lot of these people have nothing else to do but talk to you. So <laughs> it's a really, it's a really good time. So mm-hmm. just create a Zoom, say hi, wish your friends a happy Hanukkah, ask them a few questions and see where it goes from there. Yeah. Mitch, I'll handle the kid situation for you because I know your kids are listening to dad on the radio right now. So I'll handle this. Hey, kids, yeah. visit your mom and dad there. Thank you. But, you know, yes. just, would you also say take a test first? That yes. would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and take a test first there. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. I appreciate it very, very much. You know, Mitch, I do, anyway, what, I, I do what I can do. Yeah, God is good. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to take a little break. and we come back, I'm going to continue my discussion with Dr. Mitch Glazer uh, from Chosen People Ministries. If you've got a question about how to connect to a Jewish friend, I got time to take that question. It'd be in the form of a text, 877-933-2484. And I can ask Dr. Glazer on your behalf. Again, 877-933-2484. Be right back. Dr. Mitch Glazer, president of Chosen People Ministries, and Chosen People Ministries exists to pray for, evangelize, disciple, and serve Jewish people everywhere and to help fellow believers do the same. Mitch, I'm wondering what uh, you can tell me about um, the overall situation in Israel right now. So uh, it requires uh, quite a bit of prayer. Okay. Uh, The uh, Israel's been hit very, very hard. Uh, during the pandemic. Uh, the breakpoint for Israel, according to the Jerusalem Post and including, according to our staff, is 2,500 new cases. Once Israel gets 2,500 new cases uh, per day, then Israel's going to go on into probably a, a third or fourth lockdown. And uh, that's going to mean that all non-essential offices will close, including ours. It will mean everything will be limited in Israel. And as of yesterday, there was 2,284 new cases. And, uh, you know, Israel's a small country, but they have 600 and over 680 people treated in the hospital right now, almost 100 intubated. And the death toll in Israel has hit about 3,000. Mm. 
one of, one of the really, really, and Israel's a country of uh, 9 million people at the most, soaking wet. And part of the, part of the issue here is that a lot of the outbreaks are happening among the ultra-Orthodox Jewish people because, you know, it's almost like their faith in God drives them to, uh, to put themselves in harm's way. Uh, because for them, in a sense, Christians can learn a lot from this. I mean, these guys would almost, they'd almost rather die than not worship together. Mm. And uh, I mean, it's, I'm sorry to, to see it this way, because there's going to be life after this. And, and so many, many ultra-Orthodox Jewish leaders, Hasidim, you know, their, their leaders, many have died. And uh, so there's a lot of pockets in Jerusalem and various cities uh, where there are these ultra-Orthodox Jews that are very bad, also on the West Bank and in East Jerusalem, so among the Palestinians also. And so that's that's a real call to prayer, and we're doing everything we can uh, to, to help them. We've got benevolence ministries in Israel, for example, among very elderly Holocaust survivors, and uh, our goal this past week was to give 300 gifts personally to uh, well, to give 300 gifts to 300 homes with Holocaust survivors uh, in it. And I think we had a team of six or seven who were going around to the different houses. And uh, so, I mean, there's things you can do, and a lot of them are not going to go on Zoom, so they're not going to communicate. Uh, some of us, a lot of them are on Facebook, believe it or not, but Zoom's a little bit much. But so we really need to pray for for the peace of Jerusalem that uh, the Lord would break through some of these uh, difficult circumstances. A lot, of, a lot of elderly Israelis, like here, a lot of elderly Americans have died. Mm. That's so sad. Um, Mitch, I would love for you to uh, share with listen, our listeners about the Christmas and Hanukkah connection. I mean, I know yep. Jesus probably celebrated Hanukkah, didn't he? Well, he did. Okay. And, uh, Bill, um, he was a good Jewish boy. He was Come a good on. Jewish boy. Come on, yeah, exactly. No. And uh, there wasn't a holiday he didn't celebrate. In fact, what's funny about Hanukkah is that it's the only, it's it's one of the, not the only, but the main Jewish holiday we celebrate annually that's nowhere in the Old Testament. It's only in the New Testament. Would that be in John 10? That's John 10. Hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's almost hysterical. And and so Jewish people say, well, the New Testament's not a Jewish book. Well, you know, show me, a, show me the Torah portion that has Hanukkah in it, because <laughs> Hanukkah, Hanukkah is one of our main holidays, mm-hmm. you know, and, and more popular than the Sabbath, let me, tell you, let me tell you. And so in John chapter 10, uh, you, you see in, in, I think in verse 22, I'm not looking at my text, but I think it's verse 22 where we see that. Uh, John sets the scene where Jesus is walking in the portico of Solomon. It's on those porches. Um, And uh, eventually, Jesus made one of the most dramatic statements ever. You know, we all love his I am statements. And you can ask Craig Keener, who's a friend of mine, coming on to talk about prayer. He he knows more about the Gospel of John than maybe the Apostle John. (laughs) He's really smart. And and so you, you can ask him about these I am statements, but this is not an I am statement, but Jesus made a declaration in John chapter 10, verse 30, I and the Father are one. Now, 
he was definitely claiming to be God in the flesh at that time, which is a very Christmas thing to say. Yeah, no kidding. And so there's a nice link between Christmas and Hanukkah. Jesus declared his deity on Hanukkah. So the Christmas message embedded in Hanukkah. You got to wrap your, your your mind around that one, and we know that that's what he meant because the Jewish leaders picked up stones to throw at him, and they said, "It's not for something he said, but it's because, or anything that he did, but it's because by making himself uh, one with the Father, he's he's speaking blasphemy, and blasphemy was very technical, and so by being accused of blasphemy, it meant that Jesus, in their mind, was breaking commandments one and two. No other gods and no graven images. And so it was a very serious charge, and it was in the Torah, that's a charge that demands capital punishment, death. And, uh, and so that was, a, that was a really phenomenal thing for Jesus to say on Hanukkah. You know, he, he made a he always had a reason for why he made one of these I am statements in John, and a lot of them are linked to the festivals on the living water, John chapter 7. That was from the ceremony of the water drawing that was held at the temple on the seventh day, Hoshana Rabbah, the great day of the festival uh, in Jerusalem during the second temple period. Well, it's no different. They celebrated Hanukkah in Jerusalem, and that's when Jesus chose to say, I and the Father are one. You should have no other gods before me. God doesn't make any graven images, but that doesn't mean that God did not promise in Isaiah 7, 14, Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, etc., that he would become incarnate. He would take on flesh, identify with humanity, die for our sins, crush death, rise from the dead, ascend to heaven, and one day return. Wow. That's really, I appreciate that, Mitch. Let me ask you this. Why do we celebrate Hanukkah over eight days? And then it, maybe you would talk about the, the symbol of light and why it's so important. First of all, let me clarify one thing, because some people think we spend a lot of time talking about Hanukkah and we don't spend a lot of time thinking about Christmas. Listen, you just need to understand math to solve that problem. <laughs> okay. so, so on Hanukkah, you get eight presents. On Christmas, you get one present. So, Bill, which one, if I have a choice, would I celebrate? Uh, the one so, present, right? Yeah, no, the eight. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, you could be a Messianic Jew and get a little Christmas, a little Hanukkah, walk out with nine. So it's it's yeah. a very, very smart thing to do. Send me the application. <laughs> in the first book of Maccabees, which is not normally in our Bibles, it's in the Catholic Bible, of course, but it's a very Jewish book. It sounds Scottish, but it's a very, very Jewish book. So in the first book of Maccabees, we learn that Antiochus Epiphanes sent out his emissaries and called upon all the villagers throughout Israel to bow down to the, to the statue of him, and he believed he was an incarnation of Zeus. In a little town called Modein, or Modin, which is between halfway between Tel Aviv and Jerusalem, there were a group of, of priests, Levites, called the Maccabees. And the leader was Mattathias, and his son was Judah, and he was, really became the well-known uh, Maccabee. Anyway, when they were asked to bow down, Mattathias said no. He said a famous rallying cry 
uh, at that point for Jewish people. All who are for the Lord, come and follow me. I mean, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a Jewish war cry. And so they headed out to the Judean hills, and uh, they killed the emissaries. And they headed out to the Judean hills, and between 165 and 168 B.C., they, they fought a guerrilla warfare against Antiochus Epiphanes, who was one of the four Greek generals uh, that uh, was chosen by um, uh, was chosen to lead uh, uh, the four areas. Okay, so Alexander the Great died, and there were four generals who split up the kingdom. And so the Jewish Maccabees overthrew Antiochus. A lot, a lot of historical reasons as to why they won that war, but when they got to the, to the temple, they found out that Antiochus had sacrificed a pig on the altar. Nothing could be worse. So they, according to the book of Maccabees, they took away, they dismantled the altar, put away each stone until one day someone would come and cleanse those stones. Interesting, there's a lot of messianic hope attached to that. Mm. And they rebuilt the altar. Then they discovered that the Ner Tamid, the eternal light, only had enough oil to last for one day. And it took eight days to cure the olive oil in order to keep it keep it lit. And miracle of miracles, that that one light lasted for eight days until they were able to create more olive oil and be able to continue uh, that light uh, as it was supposed to continue. That's why it's called an eternal light. It's never supposed to go out. Now, Bill, is that story true? Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, okay. we don't know. Okay. We don't know. But right. we do celebrate Hanukkah for eight days, and there are nine branches on that menorah, spe- very special. The ninth one is called the Shamash, which is the servant which lights all the other ones. All right. That's good. All right. We're in the lightning round, Mitch. We've got a minute left. So can you answer me why the incarnation is often rubs Jewish people the wrong way? Well, because of the first two commandments. I mean, we are, we are told Shammai, we, we, Deuteronomy 6.4, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Achad, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, singular. So if you're going to accept Jesus as God in the flesh, then uh, there's got to be some, at least a trinity or something like that. And, uh, and so Jewish people uh, taught that God cannot be corporeal, cannot take on flesh. That would be an idol. And so that's ingrained in the Jewish soul. And so getting over the deity of Jesus and embracing the triune nature of God is one of the most difficult bridges to cross in helping your Jewish friends come to the Lord. Mm. But we have, a, Bill, we have a lot of resources on our website. We have something new called the Our Hope uh, podcast. Okay. And we have lots. Of, and I just did one on the incarnation, Our Hope podcast. that's awesome. coming out next week. And I go into a lot of detail on Isaiah 9, 6, and 7 and some of the other uh, prophecies of the Incarnation, which folks might want to listen to. Yeah. But anyway. We can send them right to chosenpeople.com. Is that right? We can, we can do that. All right. Bill, it's always great to be with you. Brother. Yeah, I love hanging out with you, Mitch. You're funny and smart, and you're just a blast to uh, talk to. Thank you. Okay. All right. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Yeah, thank you. Merry <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> All right. Mitch Glazer has been my uh, guest, chosenpeople.com. I'll take a short break and be back with Carrie Headington. It's all next.
don't know what's for dinner. There's got to be something in the back of the fridge that's still uh, in the leftover department I can heat up tonight. I'm also uh, real glad to be welcoming back Carrie Haddington. She's an evangelist, and she speaks throughout the U.S. and around the country. She is um, the founder of the Good News Initiative, and that provides all kinds of resources in evangelism. I love uh, talking about uh, Carrie's uh, background. She's an incredible student. She did her undergrad uh, at Yale. She got her master's from Harvard and two graduate degrees from Oxford. So there you go. Um, you know, I'm uh, always glad to have her on the program. Carrie, welcome back. Bill, what a joy to be with you. <laughs> well, it, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, Bill. Yeah, it really is. And I would love to talk to you about the gifts that uh, we we will be unwrapping from Jesus. Yes, absolutely. That's what that's what we're going to be talking about today and I think especially in this year 2020 boy Christmas comes and it is especially good news. And you know, Christmas is really a time for us to focus in and rejoice on the fact that God is real and God is alive, and God loved us so much that he actually came to earth, and he broke into human history in this historical visit that mm-hmm. we celebrate at Christmas. And and I want to think about, you know, what what we see in this historical visit is who God is. You know, God God does not sit removed from our pain. And that's especially good news in this 2020. He, God does not sit removed from our pain. God, or, God entered into our muck and, and into our darkness and into our brokenness. And God came to us and still comes to us. And, Bill, you know, I, I always take this time in December just to step back and think about, you know, the God, the God of the universe who made heaven and earth, who made all that is, this God came into our world, came to you and me. He became a human being so that he could show himself to us. And so God could say, I am real. I am here. I am with you. And as I've said before um, on the show, and, and uh, we, you know, we had that one entire show looking at the evidence for why we can have full confidence that Jesus was God on earth. You know, I went to Oxford and I went and I studied and I said, you know, um, I really want to look at this in depth. And, and I looked at the veracity of scripture. I looked at the evidence for the resurrection. I looked at the historical Jesus. And I left more convinced than ever that Jesus was and is the Son of God. So what we are talking about today and what we are celebrating at Christmas is 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 not a myth. It's not a fairy tale. It is the reality and the historical fact that God entered into human history. 
Isn't I, that phenomenal it, thought? It's not only phenomenal, but I never get tired of hearing someone say those words. Yes. It thrills me. Just thrills it, me. It's thrilling. Yeah, it you is. Know, my my favorite uh, Bible scholar, Eugene Peterson, said it this way. He said, God moved into the neighborhood in the person of Jesus. I love that. God moved into the neighborhood. But I don't know about you. As I go about my day, and especially this challenging year of 2020, I find that many people don't feel that God has moved in. They They say such things as, I don't think there's really a God out there. Um, if, if there is a God, God has clearly forgotten me. Um, the, you know, the filmmaker and writer Woody Allen said, well, if there is a God, all I can say is he's certainly an underachiever. And I think that many of us can sympathize and empathize with this sentiment that there's been so much heartache this year. Um, I just got a text from a friend saying, you know, my son just got uh, diagnosed with COVID and isn't coming home for Christmas. Uh, I've I've spent a lot of time on the phone with, with friends, and they just share, you know, you can't imagine the heartache, heartache that they've experienced. And people are, have lost their jobs. And in Dallas, at one point, our unemployment was uh, close to 13%. Uh, many our, our food lines are so long. Many are really struggling to get food on the table. I heard, I heard right now in America, one in six American families are struggling to know where their next meal is going to come from, and one in eight families are having a hard time paying rent. I mean, the, it, it's people are struggling. Um, many have lost loved ones to COVID. I I lost two aunts this year alone um talked to a friend yesterday who battled the coronavirus and she talked about how 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 hard it was she was in the hospital for a month you know and and i talked to my neighbor yesterday who said you know i wish god would just show me the way i feel so lost and and i think if we're honest many of us are are feeling this way even those of us who know god intimately um want to say god are you there can you you hear me can you help me and then and then in the middle of all of this christmas comes and christmas answers the burning questions of humanity christmas answers the questions of where is god and who is god and can god help me Christmas is about the invisible God becoming visible, the unknowable God becoming knowable. It's about Jesus, God with skin, God in human flesh. And I think um, what good news that is right now. I know um, many of us are are, uh, focused on toys. Our our churches right now are very focused on, in fact, I've talked with multiple churches today talking about um, helping get toys to families that are living in poverty right now, and uh, we're doing all we can to get to get toys to kids who, who won't have toys uh, this year otherwise. And um, But I think often we can get so caught up in the in the wrappings of Christmas, that we miss the present and the true gifts that Jesus brings. So I want to focus 
on the gifts that Jesus brings. Uh, my friend Jay John says this, Christmas is that time and place where God pulls back the curtain so we can see his face. Wow. So I want to talk to you. So I'm going to look at five today in our in our short time together, Bill. But I want our listeners to imagine just for a minute that Jesus is coming into your home carrying carrying five gifts. What what would they be? And excitedly we we unwrap each one. So the first gift from Jesus that he brings is family. And all of us have experienced that feeling that we don't belong. Even sometimes surrounded by family and friends, we can feel out of place. And many of us can even feel out of place in our own families or have been hurt by our families. And we all want to belong. Every human being wants to belong. Why? Because we were made to belong. We were made to belong to God. And God came to earth to make it possible for us to be in his family. The Bible says this in the Gospel of John. It's one of my favorite verses. It says, To all who receive Jesus, who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God, born not by blood or the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. So, Bill, just to get our minds around this, that God wants to adopt each and every one of us on the planet. He wants to adopt every single human being, and he wants to adopt them into his family. And I think, you know, we all – there is not one family that's not dysfunctional. Uh, we all come from human families with various degrees of brokenness and dysfunction. And, oh, Christmas can bring up family strife and pain mm-hmm. often. And I want every listener to know this today, that you are part of God's family. And he is that heavenly father who waits on tiptoe to greet you and love you and celebrate you. This is the family where we always belong. So the first gift from Jesus is family, God's family. Mm-hmm. And the second gift is friendship. Bill, you and I know this. Jesus is a friend like no other, and Jesus loves us unconditionally. The Bible says God is love. It is who he is. God is love. And one of the greatest scholars of the last century, Karl Barth, said if we were to summarize the whole of the Bible, it would be just that, God is love. And someone asked Karl Barth, this brilliant, brilliant scholar, what the Christian faith is all about, and people are waiting for this long diatribe, and he says, the Christian faith is this. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. <laughs> mm, I love it. God, God says in, to us in the Bible, and this is Scripture. The Scripture says, uh, in the Scripture, God says this to us. I love you with an everlasting love. You are precious and honored in my sight. You are the apple of my eye, God says to us. This means, Bill, we look in the mirror and think to ourselves, if anyone ever knew that about me, they would surely reject me. If my boss saw that side of me, I would get fired. If my friends or my spouse saw those parts of me, they would run and leave. God says, I love that part of you, that part that you struggle with and want to hide. I love the whole of you. And he loves 
all of us, all the time, no matter what. And I know in my own life, this was so life-changing for me. I came from a culture where I felt my performance was never quite good enough. Most of this I totally imposed on myself. You know, if I made a B plus, why didn't I get an A minus? If I made an A minus, why not an A? If I made my bed perfectly, why didn't I also dust? And so I was constantly trying to achieve. And when Jesus became not only my Savior but my friend, I realized that I was loved unconditionally. Weaknesses, failures, the good, the bad, the ugly, I slowly began to take off my mask to receive this gift of love for the first time. You know, there is nothing we can do to make God love us more, and there's nothing we can do to make God love us less. God loves us unconditionally, always. And not only does he love us unconditionally, he's a friend who never leaves us. You know, 80% of Americans say their primary source of pain is loneliness. Um, I know I felt this. For for most of my life, I lived by myself. I would drive to my home, pull into my little cement block apartment by myself, wave to other people living alone, driving into their cement block, make soup for one, eating alone, sitting alone, sleeping alone, pulling out of my driveway alone the next morning with my roadie coffee, waiting, waving to the other people alone. Yet in reality, I wasn't alone. Jesus says in the Bible, I will never, ever leave you nor abandon you. I am with you even till the end of the age. So we might feel alone, Bill, but we're not alone. So this Christmas, the gift that Jesus brings his friendship, if if we are physically sitting alone by ourselves at home, know this, you are not alone. Jesus is sitting right there beside you. He says that he will never leave us ever So this second gift from Jesus is his friendship. Carrie, I'm giving you an A for encouragement and inspiration. So I'm going to take a little break. When we come back, we'll try to finish the last three gifts that Jesus brings this Christmas. Carrie Headington is my guest, and we'll be right back. Carrie Headington. She is the founder of the Good News Initiative and also an adjunct professor of evangelism at Fuller Seminary and an author on evangelism and a frequent blogger. And we're talking about the five gifts that Jesus brings to us at Christmas. We've got two down, three to go. Carrie, let's uh, pick up with gift number three. Gift number three. Uh, this this is the the image I'm having, Bill. You know, Jesus says, come to me like little children. You know, little children will often rip through their gifts with such joy and abandon. So uh, so we're doing that today. So the first gift we talked about that Jesus brings us is family, the family we were made to belong to. He adopts us as his children. The second gift is the gift of his friendship, and his friendship is unlike any other of unconditional love and and a friendship that is never-ending. 
he says, I will never, ever leave you nor forsake you. And the third gift Jesus brings this Christmas that I encourage us to unwrap is the gift of forgiveness. All of us have made mistakes. Uh, We hurt each other. We hurt ourselves. We fail. And I I think especially during this time of COVID, where many of us have had extra time sitting at home, uh, we begin to recall with great regret our past and our present failures. But I want us to remind us all today what the Bible says, that all have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us, every single person on the planet has made serious mistakes, and we do not love perfectly. We are selfish. And every time we disobey God, every time we break God's commandments to love our neighbor, to love God, every time we break away from God's perfect way of love, his principles, his values, you know, it's it's sin. It's sin. Sin is what disconnects us from God, and it puts that barrier between us and God. And sin works kind of like, I think of it like an overdraft at a bank. If you have an overdraft bill and I have an overdraft, which I certainly do, I make mistakes daily, and we both have an overdraft, we can't help each other. And the only person who can help us is someone in credit. And the only person who has ever lived who was and is in credit is God himself. So Jesus is the only one who could bail us out and get us back into credit. Um, As the British author J. John writes, at the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. And that's why God sent his son. You know, Jesus literally means God to the rescue. And I'm not telling us anything that we don't already know. Many of our listeners already know that. But to remember afresh that on the cross, Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, the one in credit, literally took upon himself the sin of the entire world, yours and mine, and that sin crushed him. But as we know, that was not the end of the story. God defeated death, raising Jesus to new life so we could be forgiven and restored and put into that relationship with God that we were made for. So Jesus came to give that gift of forgiveness, a clean slate, a fresh start. I was sharing with a teenage boy, Bill, recently, and he got big tears in his eyes. And he says, you don't understand what I've done. God can't forgive me. And what he told me that he had done um, shocked me, actually. And it's one of the worst things a human being can do to another human being. And with total confidence, I could look the young man in the eye and say, that is why Jesus came, so that you could be forgiven. Total forgiveness. So there's not one thing anyone listening today has done that God is not ready and waiting to forgive. And that image of God that Jesus gives us is God is on tiptoe just waiting to run after us and throw his arms around us and forgive us. All we have to do is ask, forgive me, and he will. So this Christmas, Jesus wants to give all of us this gift of total forgiveness. So this is the third gift, total forgiveness. So the first gift, family, then we have friendship, then we have forgiveness. And the fourth gift, Bill, is freedom. The Bible says the one whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And Jesus says you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. 
So whatever we are struggling with, and all of us are struggling with something, uh, guilt, despair, worry, an addiction, self-destructive behavior, negative thoughts, shame, whatever it is, Jesus wants all of us to be set free. And Jesus says when we receive him into our lives, we receive the gift of his Holy Spirit that that he gives us more than we need to be set free. You know, as I've shared before in your show, Bill, I'm a walking testimony of someone who has gotten free of depression. I just suffered debilitating depression for a good portion of my life. I mean, some days I couldn't get out of bed and I even wanted to die. And as I asked Jesus into my heart, he began this journey with me to help free me from that depression and despair. And I have so much joy now, sometimes I don't know what to do with it all. <laughs> but, but mine has been a process. For some, it's instantaneous. For others, it's a process. Jesus said he came to set the captives free. Jesus says he came to free us from whatever binds us. He said that he will give us his Holy Spirit. And, Bill, that it's that same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is what lives inside of us. That is serious power. So that's why the Bible says when we are weak, then we are strong because God's Spirit can come in and give us his strength. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Let's just think about that for a mm. moment. And Gladly. and he he comes to dwell with us, his spirit. And it gives us joy in the midst of sorrow, strength in our weakness, peace in time of turmoil, life in the midst of death. So what amazing gifts, family, friendship, forgiveness, freedom, and all of these bring me to the final gift, the gift of a future. God says this in his word. For great are the plans I have for you, plans to help you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God has a purpose for every single person on the planet. God made us. I mean, think about it. The Bible says he knit us together in our mother's womb. Every thumbprint is different. Every every human personality is different. God designed each one of us for his purpose. And as we receive his gifts, then he wants us to go out and participate in the work in the world, to enact justice and feed people and reach out in love and treat all people with dignity. He wants us to be his hands and feet and heart and mouthpiece, his reconciling agents of justice and mercy, to be ambassadors of his love in this life, and to, sh- to share the gifts, the gifts he gives us, he wants to pass it on. And then, Bill, of course, the, the last gift of part of this future is that this life is not the end. So when we see these numbers of death tolls on the screen, to know that Jesus came to give us everlasting life. This life is not the end. When we die, it's just a common sentence of our lives. And the Bible says, whoever believes in Jesus will live with him forever. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And the Bible describes this life, eternal life with Jesus, as a place of perfect peace and love and fellowship of, with God where there's no more death and no more tears and no more dying. So these are just a few of the hundred gifts that God longs to give us. And 
I think the question for all of us is, will we stop and pause this Christmas and receive those gifts? You know, I think many of us think, I'm not worthy. This gift isn't for me. Well, the reality is, and you and I know this, Bill, none of us are worthy. And yet, Jesus came to bring us these gifts and, above all, the gift of himself. Christmas is Jesus' birthday. Yeah. And he says, he says well, all he wants from us is to open the gifts and receive the gifts that he brings us. He says, I've come to bring life and life in abundance. Mm-hmm. So it's my prayer for our listeners. You know, the Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to us to receive the gift of Jesus mm. and all the abundant life he brings. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for joining me today, and Merry Christmas to you, and I will um, look forward to another conversation with you soon. Uh, Merry Christmas, Bill. You you are a blessing, and, and Merry Christmas to all the listeners. Thank you so much. Carrie Headington has been my guest. We'll take a little break. When we come back, we're going to have the continuation of our prayer series. Dr. Peter Kapsner and and I will be talking to Dr. Craig Keener. That's all coming up in the next hour. Be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.